think that's where a lot of people go go bad with a pup. They throw them in a pen and just throw feed to them every day. And to me, you got to make a connection with them. Some guys don't agree with me on that, but I think you got to have a good bond with a dog. real simple I think with a pup and a lot of people don't understand it. When a pup is ready to start, it will start. You can't force a pup to start and you can't force a pup to treat. It has to do it on its own. Hello and welcome to the Stark Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Stark. In today's episode, I sat down with the Dunlap family and I had a nice conversation with Don, Chuck, and Colton Dunlap. We talked about everything, competition hunting, family, starting pups, pleasure hunting. It was a really great time and I look forward to getting together with them in the future. And it was a really great conversation and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so I'm sitting here with, here with Chuck. With Chuck. You want me to do Chuck first? We, you can go. You can both go together too if you want to, but we can start with Chuck. So you just want to introduce yourself, kind of tell us how you got into it. My name is uh, Chuck Dunlap. Uh, I started coon hunting back when I was probably 11 or 12 years old. I'm right around there, son. Trained my first dog uh, when I was 11 or 12 years old. Uh, we, as a family, come up to Ohio from West Virginia, and how I got to liking a hound was my grandpa had an old black and tan that run around in the yard and I'd just pretend like I was hunting it and go down in the backyard and fool around with it. Yeah. And he dug some holes in the yard and my grandma <laughs> made him get rid of it and it really made me mad. And I was just like the hound ever since, you know. Yeah. So when I got out here I was about in the fifth grade and a fella took me up to uh Birdonis. Do, do you know who do you know who Bertoni was? That last name I recognize. Yes, he was an English man. He mm -hmm. had a world champion dog called Vanzant Sam. And uh, I got a pup out of his hotshot dog, and that's the very first dog that, as a, as a child, as a young boy, I trained. And uh, I trained her to completion and, and went on from there. So that's probably been 50, 48 years ago or so. And along that time, I started. he started going with me and... Uh, you know, we just developed a bond and hunted, you know, and, and had a lot of, you know, had, had mm -hmm. a lot of good brother time with each other. And uh, we don't hunt together as much as we used to. But uh, when we were young, we was almost inseparable yeah. when it comes to coon hunting. And that's something I noticed a few competition on, especially most times you don't hunt a lot together with people because you try and work on things with your you dog bet. to get it ready. You bet. So that is something. Me that and is, him could work good together, and me and him works real good together. Yeah. My son's my biggest hunting partner now. Yeah. Uh, I guess when I advanced a little bit, it would have probably been, I hunted with a dog called Loomis in a ACHA hunt up at Greenwich, and he really impressed me, and I wanted a pup out of him because I had English dogs at that time. Mm -hmm. Well, th that was in 1980, and uh, I started... Uh, questioning everybody and you know get, trying to get i was really trying to get a pup out of him well i ended up get the guy that handled him had a back problem and i started hunting him well i took him uh i think it was in 1980 and i took him for a couple years 
and I went to the PK, uh, PK, it was called the PCA, PCA yeah. Nationals then, but it was their equivalent of a world hunt. Mm -hmm. Well, I got him through and uh, got to the final four with him. It was a final four that year and uh, ended up second place with him. And <laughs> I started breeding dogs off of him and I raised four or five generations deep off of that dog, <laughs> had, had good success. And... A friend of mine bred to rooster, bred one of my females to rooster, and Wyatt Wright really got interested, and he ended up buying all the females that I had and all the females <laughs> he had, and then I needed to hunt for something else. Because when you're a a guy that trains your own dogs, you got to have something to train. And yeah. it's not real important if you've got plenty of money and you can buy the best that's out there. You don't have to worry about bloodlines. Well, I got got without that bloodlines of English dogs. I found these Buck Creek dogs that I really, really, uh, they they was a, t a type of my the English dogs that I had. They yeah. were they were nice and I I liked them and I started breeding them and I've bred them for the last twenty years. And, and most of all, they both of them had canes. You know when they treated right. both bloodlines. Yeah, it wasn't a question whether you was going to see a coon when you went there. If you didn't see one, you was upset. <laughs> yeah, you know, not a, you. You went in there knowing, knowing that you yeah. had a coon. And what he's saying about people that has money that can go out and buy a dog—that's great. Not, well, We're not. Yeah, I'm right. not cutting them down. Horses or anything, if they got enough money, they can buy it. But. I'll tell you this from experience. If you win a world hunt, which I have with a dog that I didn't train, that I just kept in shape mm -hmm. and hunted it and had it ready for that hunt, there's no comparison. Amen. To, there's no comparison to one that you've took from a weaned pup and raised it up from a puppy and developed it into a world champion. There's no comparison at all. Mr. Smith started out over at my place and I got him tree and coons and he took him the rest of the way and won two world hunts. <laughs> he we held him when he was a little baby. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that is pretty special because then you get you are directly responsible and see every step of the way of right. what that dog is. Uh with talking about Mr. Smith, the dog that I got right now, you go back to preacher, I hunted hunted and handled him. I, he's won three world hunts and Colton's won one and in, in, in the Nationals. I've had my chance. I got a second and a fifth. That would have been in the UKC World Hunt with a Buck Creek dog. I need to straighten that up a little bit. <laughs> there's there's Preacher, uh Smith, um, Jackson, Johnny, and Croson. That's five generations of dogs that we've had. I've had something to do with. He's had something to do with, mm -hmm. and my son has. And we'll hunt them dogs until we can't hunt no more. Yeah, that'll be the line of dogs that does. Not that we wouldn't take another dog if we run into a good dog and yeah. we could get it, we take it. But we're for sure with this bloodline. That's what we're going to continue to hunt because we've had so many of them that just panned out and worked out. Because they all like to have coons, and they're the type of dogs that we like to hunt. And none yeah. of us like slow dogs. I like a dog when you unsnap it, it digs in there and goes hunting good, moves around good, and when it hits a track, it moves that track out and, and trees a coon. That's what I like. Yeah. And that's for chill for young young people that's thinking about getting into it. That's what they got to figure out first what they like. Yeah. Then either you go buy it or you train it. Yeah. And I always tell them, too, if you can hunt with the dog's parents, if you're getting a Amen. young dog, Amen. that way you can kind of see 
and even if just doing it once you might not know either because it probably took you guys a while to see what preference you had to where you want to stick with that certain bloodline the way you do now right. it takes it's a growth process for you as well you bet to figure it all out and i try and keep, get people to keep an open mind because like you said you started with english dogs mm -hmm. and right. now you got walkers so if you weren't open-minded to where you sure. you wanted the best dog that you had that had coon you probably didn't care if it was purple or green no, or what it was as no, long as it was it the was best dog talking about these buck creek dogs if if i could uh people slam their mouth sometime and say oh they don't have no mouth well there's some of them that don't but most of them have a high piercing carrying type mouth that i love yeah. i can hear that and i can pick it out better when i was younger i judged a lot of pca hunts uh pkc pca i could pick out a dog after the first drop i could figure them all out mm -hmm. well as i got older i still hear good but I can't pick out them ball mouth dogs and separate them like I could when I was 25 or 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Don's the same way about that. All I right. like something that I can be walking and I know that's mine. You yeah. Know? Don, you want to tell them a little bit about the some of the, the especially oh, with Smith, I, with the world hunt. Well, oh, the, the coon hunting's been real good to me uh, ever since, like Chuck said, we was little, we hunted and stuff. And, uh, Probably the biggest hunt that I won right off the bat was a, a hunt called the Futurity, and I won it with a blue tick. It was in Jonesboro, Illinois, at the Black Diamond Ranch. And uh, after that, uh, you know, I've been in uh, the finals of five world championships and uh, won three of them, won second in one and fourth in the other. But, uh, no, it sure has. It's been a blessing, and... Uh, you know, met a lot of good people. Uh, really, nobody that uh, that we absolutely hate. You know, uh, the coon hunters in general are good people. Hunters, yes, they are. Yep. You know, they'll help you out if you need them, and uh, they're just uh, you know a good group of people. But we've done this, and when you're out there hunting, you're you want to be as competitive as you can. You don't want to go out there and just uh, lose and. Uh, Sometimes you'll have some, you know, altercations or whatever. You're right. going to have that. Anytime there's money, now that they got this uh, <laughs> angle and Maynard's got that pro sport going, which is a good organization, and, uh, you know, they're giving away a lot of money. And, and uh, they're doing good in it, which is good. You know, they, they started something that's good, and uh, uh, hopefully here before long we'll be hunting in some of them. You know, we got a couple... Uh, this whole litter out of the snow bitch and Croson is doing good, good enough that we can see that they'll be uh, they'll be uh, able to compete. You know, at, mm -hmm. at a young age, we're hunting them right now, and uh, we're going to turn one of them loose with you tonight. Eight okay. months old, you know. Uh, and on the other hand, about selling them, I've had people call wanting to buy this pup that I've got, and I. Uh, you know, I've priced it at $10,000. It's eight months old, and that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. But you might go through uh, <laughs> a dozen more of them before you get one that you even like. So you got to, uh, you know, that has that little extra. This whole lit litter here uh, worked out real good. And the females that Chuck's been crossing on that dog, what I like is a lot of them's not even related. And there's two or three good ones in every litter. So mm -hmm. the dog's uh, definitely proven that he's a stud dog. And uh, 
we're going to try to keep him as healthy as we can so uh, we can get all I the I got pups. him tonight, too. Good. Yep. If people think $10,000 is a lot for a young dog, then they can try and go find yeah. consistently yeah. a good young dog for $10,000. Well, the, the, <laughs> bottom, the bottom line is if someone paid you minimum wage for uh, a year's <laughs> worth of work yeah. or whatever, you, you know... It just costs a lot with the gas, your time, and everything. Yeah. While somebody else is sitting in there watching TV and staying eating warm. cheese crackers, and yeah, <laughs> staying warm by the wood burner, and you're out there doing all the sweat. They're going to pay me for my sweat yeah. that, that I've done. Especially if it's something you really like and right. will hunt yourself, because then they're taking it away from you, and you got to start over. You then. bet. You bet. <laughs> yep, that's a fact. So, how you said you your first time training the dog, you were 11. How did you just hunt it, or how did you train it? Just, basically by itself you yeah. know go out there and, and just m mojo through the woods with it and i still do that i don't know if everybody can do that but we was kind of blessed with living in an area where there was plenty of coons mm -hmm. and i think a pup is better off if it believes it's the only thing on earth that knows anything about tree and a coon i really do believe you, you talk about breeding for uh there's a lot of stuff in dogs that you can breed into them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that you can train a little bit into them. And for a young person, he needs to figure out what's trainable and what's not trainable. Mm -hmm. What what I can't change and what I can change a little bit. You can always enhance something, uh, but to actually put something there that's not already there, it's not. You can't do yeah. it. Yeah, you can't. That's there's no other word to describe it other than train a dog, but right. you're not really training that's right. it. Cause that, you, that's if, right. you, if someone could train a dog to tree coon consistently, then we won't have to worry about breeding. You could just breed anything and it'd all work. Right. I know for a fact I could reach over here and hit him in the mouth and he's going to fight. <laughs> there's some people you hit and they're not going to fight. It's natural ability and drive and heart mm -hmm. that you don't have a lot. You don't have a lot of, uh, input to that you right. can always this boy here uh, i raised him and he got a lot of heart he's, he's he's tough but i enhanced his abilities that he was born with i could have made him a spooky scary type kid if i would have just <laughs> been mean to him yeah. and, and and uh i just enhanced what he already had mm -hmm. that's really good points and when you're dealing with dogs, uh, and you, when you're out there and you spend that much time with a dog, that's a bond that you Amen. get. You yes. get with that dog, and most of your guys. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't go get it, borrow a dog off somebody and win a hunt with it. Most of these guys that's winning has bonds with them dogs, mm -hmm. and they know ever bark the dog throws and, and, and that, when that bond plus. and when that bond is broken sometimes you don't see that dog do any winning yeah no. yeah you that's know, very true yeah a lot of people think that uh, that has money thinks they can just buy a dog with well, that dog they're gonna set that dog will be good hey that dog won this that dog won that well that dog's not a machine i was just mm -mm. gonna say that they, no. they think it's like buying a tractor or a truck right. it's gonna right. it's Hold gonna up. do this no matter where it's, it's at. got a heart it's got a mind it's yeah mm. you have to treat it like such because there are a lot of i've noticed it more with squirrel dogs some of them get pretty quirky right. to where you bet they might only hunt really well for one person and they sell it and then right. the other person they don't like something about how they handle the dog or treat them mm -hmm. or and that they just, dog just goes totally off the off the uh well tubes down yeah. the tubes the first 
uh, the blue tick that Chuck had when we was young, he sold it to a guy, and I think for a thousand or twelve hundred. That Billy Hubbard was the guy, and he uh, he took the dog home and hunted it that the next night or whatever, a couple nights, and called Chuck and said, "Man, that dog ain't doing very good." And Chuck told him bring it back. Well, when he come back, uh, he said, "Well, let's go hunting." So we went hunting. And that dog treed six coons, <laughs> and I climbed up every tree and threw every one of them out to that dog. And we got home, and we were just young. Chuck started. Walking. I was going to get him, take him back, and get pay him his money back. Yeah, and he said, "Where are you going with my dog?" <laughs> Chuck said, "Well, I thought you didn't want it." You know, they a dog's got to like you, even as far as a house dog. If a house dog likes you, it'll do more for you oh, yeah. and listen to you better. So. That's what my squirrel dog, he, I say squirrel dog, but I've coon hunted him more than I have squirrel, to be honest. But he's lived in the house since he was a puppy. Mm-hmm. And right. he, I don't have to even take a leash with him when I go hunting. And if I let him out to go to the bathroom out of the house, if I say go get him, he'll run to the woods and go get treed behind the house. And I can call him, he'll come right back. Put him in the truck. If he, you're going to the truck and driving somewhere, yeah. he knows what you're doing. Oh, he'll yeah. go get the truck. <laughs> yeah. And I, get, I mean, he'd probably look good for other people, but... There's no doubt he would look best for me because he has near eight years of experience trying to please me, living with me. You bet. So that makes a huge difference. You know, doing what I do, it's really important that I have high-quality equipment that's really dependable and long-lasting because I am on the road a lot and I hunt in very different conditions and terrains. Could be in the summertime, could be in the wintertime, could be in the mountains, or it could be in flat country. So I'd like to thank my sponsors for all their help making this possible and for all their quality equipment. I'd like to thank Dogtro and the Dogtro tracking systems and the Pathfinder, Big Dog Lights, and my favorite light with them is the Big Dog Blitz, and the Genesis and Genesis Plus are great also, and I've used them for many years. Gun Dog House Doors, because especially in the wintertime, keeping your dogs out of the elements is extremely important. So for long-lasting, high-quality doors for your kennels, check out Gundog House Doors. But in the summertime, we have different issues to deal with, like a lot of thick leaves on the trees. So if you want something that'll help you see eyes at night, make sure you check out Bayou Legacy Game Calls with the Tree Shaker Coon Squalor. For high-quality coon hunting clothing, make sure you check out Coon Dog Wear. I'd also like to thank Conkey's Outdoors Hound and Hunting Supply, Ringtails and Talltails Hunting Supply and Taxidermy, Bill Shiniger and Saddle Up Cryo, I'd also like to thank Coon Hunter Supply and Razor Hunting Gear. We all love good coon hounds, and if you've been doing this for a while, you'll know how important having a good bloodline is. So when picking a new dog, make sure you keep these stud dogs in mind. World Champion, Platinum Champion, Davis's Rosedale Frogger. Grand Knight Champion, Saddle Up Lazarus. UKC Grand Knight Champion 2, PKC Gold Champion, Backwater Bobo. And PKC Gold Champion, UKC Dual Grand Champion, Buck Creek Croson. And remember, since this is just a podcast, if you want to see the dogs in action, see what they look like, what they sound like, meet their owners, make sure you check out my YouTube channel where you can see all of them dogs in action. Well, I don't know if there's any, any other thing. Is there anything you can think of that we never covered? Or Well, yeah, I have thought of a couple of things. A couple of dogs that I got off of him that he, now he gets mad quick. If he gets <laughs> mad at them, if he gets mad at them, they're good as that. Uh, over over the hill to the bone yard, and I've saved a couple of their lives. It made money on and made a bunch of money off of them. And, but you know, some he, he just likes a certain type of dog, and if they do certain things that he don't like, uh, he's done with them. And I'll give them a little bit more of a yeah. chance. Uh, that yeah. is something that I think that's just a learning experience you have to go through yourself. To where if you notice at a young age there's something you don't like about that dog to where you might not want it later on. If you know someone 
might be it interested. Match in up, match up great with somebody yeah, else. See, try right. and see if it might what might be what they're looking for. Better style, their personality. Like, just so you don't end up with something later on that you're just stuck with and you're not happy with. Right, it. right. But that's just that's years of experience. You can't. That's something you can't just. Learn and about. I've got I've got a lot more uh, calm as I got older. <laughs> you know, when I was me and him would be out in the woods and we'd get. I love him and he loves me, but we get mad. And I might take a twenty-two and wrap it around the tree if it wasn't working right. I mean, just anything, yeah. just anything. But we sure hunted, and I think that if I've learned anything, that you can hunt a dog too hard. Oh, uh, I, I agree. Uh, I've learned over the years that every night hunting a couple liars is better than hunting every night all night long mm -hmm. you know i thought you didn't quit hunting until the sun come up and you know i learned that it's too hard on your body yeah we've mm -hmm. done that a lot when we was young and yeah. our, our dad didn't appreciate it he'd come in from work and we'd be we'd hunt all night and sleep all day and he was he got fed up with that. <laughs> we also had a little training school where we trained dogs for them public years yeah. ago and uh, he'd take three and i'd take three and i don't know how anybody could take any more than three and that's when we had plenty anywhere, anywhere we wanted to hunt we could yeah. hunt and you know nowadays that that's not the same no mm. it's getting harder and harder to find like axel over there he'll he'll be all right to hunt in places but he's going to lose a lot of places because we've lost a lot of places you know the uh building and everything else mm -hmm. and the, the public i hunt a lot of the public just to keep away from people hollering and some of it ain't fit for yeah you've got to drive around and find the places and i enjoy hunting it because i do not like to hear that screaming and hollering and all that yeah. Yeah, get out of here and all that stuff yeah that, that ain't no good you know you can't really enjoy yourself and it scares a kid anyhow yeah you know somebody come out and if people were smart a good coon hunter would watch over their property you know they're not going to tear up nothing no. or uh, and if they see something going on that shouldn't be going on they'll they'll do something about now, it that's the way it used to be everywhere like sure. there's a lot of places where i remember growing up hunting with dad and i'll ask him like dude do you know who owns it like, oh no. no we just that, we've just that always farmer, we've just always hunted yeah. here yeah. that farmer up the road owned it i think and he didn't care because we're out killing us coons so they're not eating his crops and we're not bothering nothing i can remember me and him when we was teenagers walking down a road we was hunting and we passed this it was in the summertime we passed this man and woman and they said what are you boys doing while well, coon hunting we'll have a good time and i said uh who owns it he said i do he said just go ahead and hunt wherever <laughs> yeah. you want to you know but yeah. you don't get that much anymore no you know, people's changed and it's uh getting worse and worse and worse they're crazier than bed bugs yeah i think television deer hunting has a lot to do well, with it you bet <laughs> you bet oh and they want those deer as tame as uh cows you know yeah. and how, what uh, to I, shoot a cow yeah you walk out there in with the a field. name yeah yeah <laughs> ear tag and yeah, name. that that don't that don't show you're a real good hunter to me you know no not i deer hunt i bow hunt but i don't own a bunch of property and plant food plots and yeah run people off and make a big deal yeah. about it i do it just so i have it's just so awesome deer do. hunted he deer hunts yeah. but now we also know that a coon dog if it did even run the deer that deer would be back there the next <laughs> yeah. day yeah. and that's yeah. a fact yeah it's not even like oh. hunting with dick brothers if anyone's ever been inside oh, of his I, house I and see the deer, yeah, he the has deer on the wall. he's killed yeah <laughs> bigger than any deer hunter i've ever met you before right. 
You bet. And he's a coon hunter too. Bro. Oh yeah. Good judge. <laughs> hey, should, we should probably. T- uh, I don't know how to incorporate this in here, but uh, the first great big money hunt that was around, we were fortunate enough to get the hunt in it. He got the hunt in it, and we've all won money in it, and that was with the Russ Meyer hunt. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoyed that hunt. That is what I think coon hunting, not necessarily that the entry fee is that big because I can't afford to uh, right. to go, but it was the epitome of good sportsmanship and mm-hmm. a good hunt. Never had any problems out there, none yep. whatsoever. And, and if I was going to say the most hunt that I've enjoyed – to hunt in uh was the rust market yeah, absolutely because you they treated you good they fed you good you could do whatever you wanted out there and uh, they were just good people Russ Meyer let you if you wanted to take his guns out and go kill a turkey if turkey season <laughs> was in you could do it during the day he was just a a gentleman a, yeah. a gentleman and how i got to hunt in it for the first time was i sold him a dog uh-huh. and i hunted that dog in that hunt <laughs> i won uh out of the three nights, I won. I got in the finals twice, and I think I won nine thousand bucks. And then I won a with a bitch I had. Me and Jim Samples went out there, and I hunted her one night, and I I won it. I, I hunted it off. You always hunted it off. Right. I hunted it off and won it. And you got in one time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed that hunt, and I, I really think it'd be a, to get. An audience uh, to not mention that hunt would really oh, be wrong. Yeah, that was no. a dandy, you know. What? So, when was your first competition hunts? Do you guys remember that? Mm. Yeah, they were UKC. Yeah, hunts. just UK, local. Yeah, local UKC hunts. hunts. Me and him both has finished uh, a, a bunch of dogs tonight, champion, grand night champion. I couldn't tell you how many. Uh, a bunch of them, and uh, then when the money hunts started coming around, we know, loved them a lot better. Yeah, the money. <laughs> the money uh, we started hunting in them and uh you know well, i've got plenty of trophies he's got plenty of trophies and we feel away plenty just oh, like everybody I got, else I, has the dust collectors but they're awful pretty yeah and, uh, you know them ones there uh they mean something right man. world champion you know i seen where maynard won that truck with that what he called the powder female and he broke down and it does do that to you and like i said it absolutely does it to you just like with smith you know, when I won them world hunts with him, I, it, it tears you up to know that you are the reason that dog, you know, uh, right. finished oh, out to what he... Uh, if I got a litter of pups over at my house, he's over there. He'll t- he's messing with them, touching them. Same deal with him. And, you know, that they've never seen anybody but us, you mm-hmm. know, and it really does touch you. It does. Yeah. To, to, because then you know you did right you by bet. the dog. You, you can't do any you, better for the dog. You if you raise a good child, you know you 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 done a good job. Yeah. You're part of it. You can you can get a I can get a pup, and it's no good. Right. I can't make it. I can't. You know. But you know you done your part when you see a see a dog yeah. do a good job. Like having your son be the winning quarterback you of the bet. Super Bowl. You bet. <laughs> you of, bet. That's that's I, right. I seen your podcast with Kurt Aaron. Yeah. He said something about me on there. He said. Uh, Hey, what was that dog Dunlap hunted? That real junky dog. He, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here trying to think of something 
uh, to say that I really tee him off, but really I can't because when you went to his house, he treated that's you like another gold. thing. Yes. Yeah, that like dude, gold. That dude there, uh, you know, they can say what they want about him, but he's a friend. He's been a friend, and he'll be a friend forever. No. He's a he's a good person. Yeah, and he's a really nice guy. Yeah, I think Jeff Stollard is the one that. Uh, told you to come this way he told me i've had a lot of people request to do that but he told me and and there's another good that's one. another yeah. whole group of good good ones, ones. No. whole group of good ones. and there's people. plenty plenty of hunters around the burdens i mean there's uh, uh, blackwells there's plenty of them around nicky hell uh, i've had i got a lot of respect for him i mm. think he's a, a real good person ryan croson got a lot of respect for him right Angle's done good. He's done good with the dogs and stuff. And uh, me and him uh, maybe don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but he's done real good. And I'll tell you somebody else. And I got a lot of respect for him, and that's Kevin Cable. He's you bet. Done, he's done a you remarkable bet. job, and he's a hunter. You know, uh, yeah. we spend a lot of time in the woods by ourselves hunting, and a lot of people don't. They got to have a crowd to go with mm-hmm. them, and. Uh, You'd be surprised, you know, and I I can understand with older people that has health problems, they shouldn't be out right. there, but I enjoy being out there. The booger man ain't going to get you. <laughs> yeah. I love being out there training a dog by myself. I just do. Yeah. I've told people before, especially my wife, my favorite time of year, and most people don't believe me, is like in mid to late December because there's no undergrowth it's completely wide open it's dead silent everyone's shut up inside their house you can just turn a dog loose and and enjoy yourself you are just it's like you have the whole world to yourself Mm -hmm. and then that's i don't know how it is here but up where i'm at it's super flat so you can just hear that dog carrot the blocate echo just for miles i just i love hunting that time of year right well colton you want to come over here buddy and you and Axel will come over and sit down so you want to introduce yourself? Um, yeah, my name's uh, Colton Dunlap, and uh, Chuck Dunlap's my dad, um, and Don Dunlap's my uncle. Um, I've been coon hunting hard and consistently uh, since I was probably 10 or 11 years old. I've, I've always been around it. You know, growing up with dad, there's always been, uh, you know, big name people coming and staying with my dad and hunting, and I, so I was always exposed to it. Um, but I didn't really take to it right off the bat when I was so little, and big reason by that being is my dad was a really intense hunter and uh it was hard for me to keep up he wasn't hard on me when we were out there but it was hard for him to turn that off being that intense of a hunter you know and uh we would go and i remember one time in particular he was training a dog and uh it's hilly around here and i was probably five or six maybe and i went with him and we made a tree he recut we went in there he made he got treed again we had a coon there, and I thought, well, you know, we're done. Even at five or six, I think, yeah, you know, that's pretty good. We're done. He cut him again, and he made <laughs> another tree, and we went in there, and he had another coon. And then I'm thinking, surely he's done now. <laughs> and then for the third or the, for the fourth time, he cuts him loose again, and I was busted. So I, at that young and that little, I wanted something, uh, maybe something like steel hunting. I maybe would, you know, be better for me, but. Uh, um, I, I always liked spending time with my dad ever since I was young. He was my best friend, and no matter what we was doing, it didn't matter if we was hunting or whatever, he was my best friend. I mm-hmm. mean, And so I wanted something to do with him, and I told Dad, I said, Dad, you know, this coon hunting, man, this might not be for me. And uh, he said, uh, well, that doesn't matter. We'll do whatever you want to do. 
and uh, even with being a hard hunter he found time to take me deer hunting and uh, squ uh, squirrel hunting and teaching me how to you know get through the woods and uh, not lay around the house you know and be busy and even when I wasn't coon hunting he showed me how to take care of a dog which I think is a great thing for a young man to do mm -hmm. um, teaches you early in life a lot of responsibility and uh, he was just always really good to me well how I come about coon hunting hard like I said, big name people was always coming to the house and we were, they were always staying. And the big reason why that, because when they came, it wasn't an ice cream social, it was coon hunting. <laughs> they could bring their dogs that they were wanting to compete and they could come with him and he would hunt them as long as they wanted, all night, as many as nights as they wanted to hunt. And uh, so at this particular time, Doug Jackson was there. And at a young age, Doug was very good to me. Um, when he would come, he'd always bring me candy and was re just really, really good to me. I considered him family, you know, and uh, me and him was kind of palling around that day, and I was palling around with him and Dad, and I got to thinking, I was like, Dad, I think I'm going to go with you tonight, which was kind of rare at that time. And my dad said, well, buddy, Doug's here to hunt, so we're going to hunt. And, you know, we was I think we was going up to gym samples that night, so we're going away from the house. It's not like we can drop you off. And uh, I said, well, yeah, I want to go. I want to go. Well, that night, I, uh, I uh, toted the gun around for everybody. I led dogs and handled dogs for people, and I just had a big time, and I really put it, because I really wanted to impress Doug and make him, you know, at a young age, you wanted to make a good impression on him. And uh, my dad, at the end of the night, said, you know, son, you was a big help out here. Well, my head just swelled <laughs> up huge, you know, hearing that come from my dad, somebody I looked up to as a hunter. And not to sound corny, but I hunted with him every night since. Mm-hmm. And what amazed me with my dad was knowing how much that he loved the sport and how much time he put in the sport, how quick he took a back seat for me. It was almost instantly. From the moment that I said I wanted to start hunting, he was in his prime. He was in good shape. There was no health problems. You know, a lot of people think that I hunt his dogs for him because he can't get around. He's hunting on a bone-on-bone -bone knee right now, and he still goes every night. He could, he could <laughs> tack as much as you could give him he wanted to see me do good and that's a that's a rare thing and i it's a shame that not every young man gets that mm -hmm. but uh he i had that with him so he kind of set me down yeah i started going hunting he seen that i had a pretty good dog gear on me and uh, which is an important thing to have you know not everybody i don't think has a good dog gear not everybody can step out with a dog and understand what a dog's doing you know and at a young age i had a pretty good dog gear on me and um, we started out of course pleasure hunting and he uh he kind of seen that I may have the tools to to make a pretty good competition hunter and uh this was pretty soon into hunting with him consistently and uh, he said to me, he said, look, if you want to do this, I will show you how to do this. But this is going to be intense. You know, it's it's going to be like boot camp, you know, not meaning that he was going to be mean <laughs> to me. But this was not going to school dances and not going to football games. This was hunting every single night, much like a program he puts a pup through. It's every night in the woods, you know. And I said, yeah, I want to do it, man. I want to do it. And it was on, man. We sat down. I remember sitting down hours with the PKC Blue Book, which is what we exclusively hunted. And uh, he didn't throw me right into going to cast. You know, he didn't. You know, I know some people have done that, but he I'll didn't. Let you watch me. Yeah, he let me watch him. He didn't want me to embarrass myself is mm -hmm. what it was, you know. And so he would sit down and he we would go through the rules. And that's dry material. And, you know, you're trying to. <laughs> 
keep a grasp on it you're young you know but you want to take a grasp on it and then at the end he would give me scenarios dog a did this dog b did this dog c did this and i would answer and if i got it right it was a good job if it wasn't we'd go over the rule again until i learn it you know mm -hmm. so that's what kind of got me in and then it still wasn't time to hunt in a competition hunt we would get together excuse me get together with um some local hunters brian reed and travis holberg were really good to me when i was young they were local guys that lived around here and we would do mock casts and my dad would judge and there was no favoritism <laughs> i remember one time i just got out of my mouth thinking about treeing my dog and he minus me he made me he said no you that dog isn't treed you're going to take your minus and of course it's a mock cast but to a young kid like me it meant a lot you know and i was heartbroken about that and whatever but it was you know and and then you know a very good teaching moment doing those mock casts and i think that's and I want to say this not knocking anybody down because I know not everybody has been as blessed as I had. I think sometimes people make that leap just a little too fast before diving into that rule book and, you know, learning your dog. I think that's a mistake that happens. You know, everybody sees, especially with social media now, they see somebody winning and they want the prize. You know, mm -hmm. they want the prize, but they don't want to put the work in and they don't want to. And I was blessed. You know, I was definitely blessed with him because he taught me at a young age, you got to apply yourself if you're going to do good. Yeah right so we we did those mock casts i got pretty comfortable and i started into the competitions and uh at the time i believe i forget the first dog i started hunting i think it was ann um that that's the dog that he won the russ meyer hunt with that he just talked about and she was a brutal dog for a youth hunter to hunt man she was she was tough she was a low-end strike dog um she had a good enough mouth um but she was a you know she would out hunt her mouth sometimes you know yep. what i mean and uh she was a, and at that time you couldn't use garments not that you can tree your dog off a of garment but it's right. nice to know where a tight mouth dog's going you know what mm -hmm. i mean so i would hunt her and i remember my first big win with her we get up to the onstead pro hunt and at this time i had a few open events under my belt and i'm not sure if i'd done any good yet or not very few casts yeah, under my have, belt you have done some good i had done some good maybe um but we get there and uh dad says well what about you hunting her tonight and i was like well, i don't know i'm looking around here and i see guys that i've seen in the magazines you know and i'm no. like i don't know about this man you know and i know how tough she is and he's like just do it first round go out there and i get beat i but i do a good job handling the dog he even told me that i was a little bit discouraged i was like maybe you ought to hunt her late and he's like no you started this you 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 got this man the late round i remember it specifically man this this is a cast that sticks with me forever like your first wins normally do i drew uh sluggo payton um who was doing a lot of winning at the time scott engel with mojo mason and josh forsey who hunted the mojo dogs and he was a big time winning handler so i got a stack friggin' cast man and here i am i'm like standing at like five foot tall and little chubby kid and i'm out <laughs> here with this the no-name dog you know the buck this buck creek dog and they got these dogs that's getting their pictures in the magazines and everything and i'm well, here we go and i remember winning that cast and uh we walked around in the swamps all night and i was uh you know i was pretty chapped the next yeah i was chapped the next day and the lat what won me the cast um she treated coon right out of the truck and then she did like she often did she split off and got way in there and well, i walked around and we walked us a a few circle trees and stuff like that and i got her treated in at about a mile and she was treating somebody's yard <laughs> on a pine tree right by a swimming pool and i found that coon and man i was ecstatic 
made the top 16 i didn't go any further but man that was a that was a big win for me man that was that was a win that like i said will stick with me forever and then after that uh you know he's always trained dogs he's the best with a pup in my opinion and i might be a little biased but whatever he's the best with the pup i've ever seen and i've seen a lot with pups and so i started training dogs with him and um i think the first dog we trained together was probably stick it and i did a lot of winning with her um i won uh the youth uh the youth state championship and pkc once i won the pkc uh youth or sorry the ohio state uh championship with her twice and did a lot of winning um i didn't really get to take her and compete her in a lot of big hunts because we were you know we were promoting ourselves and i did a lot of winning with her and um she uh, she's like i said the first dog that we trained um in between that time when i won the youth world hunt i won won it with a buck creek dog we didn't train her uh stella i won it in 2012 and then in my article that i did for my interview i mentioned how much i liked the russ meyer hunt and russ meyer invited me out there to hunt and <laughs> he paid the entry for me <laughs> he cut a deal with me of course you know but he uh and i took a, another female that was out of the buck creek and female that i won my first cast with i took her out there and i got in one night and that was that was a great time man that uh, i got treated so well out there and um i you know got to be in the finals with some really big name guys and i did i think i took third that year but still it was it was exhilarating to, to win like that and you know they touched on it it's different and i'll probably be repeating what they said but it's different when you watch a, a pup come into the world and they got their eyes closed and they're crawling around on a on a box floor and they don't know what they don't know sense of nothing and then you see them open their eyes and they start eating and, and then uh, they get out there and you tease them with a coontail and you see that the instincts in them that they want a tree and you take them through all those steps you put all that time into them and then when you're standing there and you get you're holding that dog on that bench and you get your picture taken and you you just all those memories come through your head and you're like, how did we even get here? And you're, it's, it's pride. It's you're proud of the dog. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. But uh, and, it's, and what he said about the Myers hunt, uh, that was a great hunt. And really, they had no trouble at all. There was only one guy that I know of that had to go to the principal's office, and he knows who he is. <laughs> we won't mention no names. <laughs> yeah, he's just trying to stir trouble now. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's training dogs with my dad has created more memories for me that i'll carry to the grave than anything else coon hunting for me means so much to me because it's developed a bond with my dad that i fear i, I feel is not fear i feel is so rare in the world he's not my dad just my dad he's he's my best friend man mm -hmm. and being out there even on the bad nights and him talking to me off the ledge whenever you know when you're young you don't understand everything and you're trying to train this dog and it you've showed it this time and time again and it messes up again and you get mad and he would be right there man and he always knew what to say and they, he's always known what to say with anything in life that i've you know went about doing he's always been there and uh showed me and that that's what all the wins all the money all the good dogs don't match up to the relationship that coon hunting has built with that man over there it, he's he's my best friend i mean he's it, it 
if if you could be like he's we have a brotherly connection and a father and son connection we're that tight you know what i mean that is that's interesting too because if you are younger and your dad has really good dogs that's if that's your first experience as a good dog and then you go to train one on your own your expectations are way higher than what it should be for a young pup so that's good that you had a mentor that would kind of walk you through that process to where you're not just beating your head against the wall thinking absolutely this six month old pup should be in there 800 yards street with a coon right now (laughs) right because right (laughs) absolutely that's exactly right man that is exactly right and i'll tell you i always hunted with a good dog and i'm not bragging i always he always kept a good dog and you there's a rarity to good dog work and not every dog's good obviously Mm -hmm. you know not every dog is good and you think that good dogs are and good dog work is more abundant than what it is and then you think that you can go out and get any dog and that's <laughs> where, where he touched on bloodline you know like you and you you said it too it you said it's not really training a dog you're just enhancing instincts mm-hmm. basically and that's why good bloodline so and so important and uh i as a young buck you get in that age around 16 or 17 you think you're going to reinvent the wheel and show pops up and <laughs> I, I fell on my butt a few times trying to do that and trying to, you know, get away from from his stuff and trying to show him, I'll show him, I'll start my own stuff, you know, and it, I was never really defiant, but I wanted to, I wanted to like impress him and show him, you know, show him up, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's just, uh, it's it's been a great ride, coon hunting, and now we got Axel here, he goes hunting with me, and he's actually killed his first coon with me, um, He uh, he's a great hunting partner, man um and this kid here he you know his grandpa's done a great job with him he's he's as sharp as a tack he knows what a dog's doing um he knows how to get through the woods and he's not he's not one you got to carry around uh you know you got to lead around by the ear whenever you're out there he's right there with you he's got a pretty good squirrel dog tell him his name my name is axel dunlap and like he was saying about um how when he was younger and Hun was a good dog, he was expecting a lot more. Well, like when Chuck sold um, Buck Creek Axe, I, I didn't know what to expect out of Buck Creek Scream. I'm like, this is going to be the best dog ever. <laughs> as soon as I hunted with it, and it kind of just fell down from there because I had super high expectations for that dog. Yeah. Yeah, he was ready. He was ready to boot, uh, scream to the curb right off the bat. He didn't even give her a chance, man. But uh, yeah, he's been he's been around some good dogs for his for his young age, and it's nice seeing that because I look at him and I see myself. Mm-hmm. I see myself, and you don't when you're little when you're little like that. You don't think you're little and stuff like that. My and, brother shares him with me, and I I really appreciate that. Yeah, no. yeah. And he, uh, he, you know, I see myself in him, and I, I, I can only imagine the stuff he's going to do. But if even if, it, even if it's not in coon hunting with the outdoors, you know, right. and it's he's awesome. Fishing. Oh, he's, he, a he's a good fisherman for sure, man. He is. Well, let's go hunting. All right, let's go hunting, Clayton. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Sounds hunting. good. I've rambled on enough. <laughs> well, 
Well, that was a great interview, and I had a great time hunting with them that night. They're really great people. And if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the video yet, make sure you go on over to my YouTube channel. Just type in Clayton Stark or Stark Outdoors. It'll bring it up. You actually get to see the guys and meet them and see their dogs in action. And I hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. I'm going to start doing more of them more frequently on these trips. And I have a few other things with this podcast plan that I think you really all enjoy. And thank you all for your support, and I'll talk to you next time. You ended up treeing seven-tenths of a mile. I had my light on coming in, and he had another coon, so. Turned him loose three times, he had three coons. Ah, 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 ah.